Welcome to another episode of Darling So It Goes. I'm your host, Pascal. I'm very happy that you've decided to join me this week. And as always, I have gratitude in my heart for each and every one of you. As we do each week, let's begin our time together by focusing on our own gratitudes. My three gratitudes from this week are one, for my boys' school actually being able to host homecoming this year. Two, for the growth of my business, Wicked Relaxed Mind, Body, and Soul. And under that umbrella of Wicked Relaxed, there is this podcast, my life coaching, Reiki healing, and guided meditations. I'd like to also begin teaching my mindfulness and meditation classes for kids again soon. So much gratitude for that. And number three, for the group guided meditation event that I was asked to lead this Friday evening. I love these events because it's so nice to reach a whole group of people at once. Everyone leaves wicked relaxed and ready to go to sleep. And while I'm talking about meditations, As a side note, I'm about to begin guided meditation evenings, similar to a bag party or a movie night that you host and invite your friends and family to come over to your house. I lead a guided meditation for your guests and everyone leaves Wicked Relaxed. The evening would be no charge for the host and is discounted for attending the guided meditation of anyone who books their own event from your event. So you heard it here first, but I will start advertising in-home guided meditations in the upcoming weeks. So I'm super excited about that. As we take a break for a word from our sponsor, take a moment to call to mind three of your gratitudes from this past week. Welcome back. I hope your gratitudes came to mind easily this week and brought some peacefulness and calmness to your heart. I encourage you to start to notice the differences in your mind, your body, and your soul when you focus on your gratitudes. This week, we're talking about the power of no. Believe it or not, no is a full sentence. No. That's it. No explanation. No. No, but. Just no. As women, we're natural pleasers. And it's in our nature to want to take care of everyone and to want to make everyone happy. I know in my own life, I was always wanting to make everyone else happy. So I became the peacemaker, the one who tried to smooth out issues between people in my family or within my friend group. And if you're the peacemaker in your family or with your friends, you know what happens. You either get pulled into the argument that you're trying to help smooth over, or you just end up being a bundle of nerves and dwelling on it all the time. According to The World Counts, here are the dominant personality traits of the peacemaker or the mediator. They are people pleasers, friendly, agreeable, cooperative, adaptable, trusting, easygoing, and empathetic. 
their focus of attention is always on other people and the external environment. They are go with the flow people and their basic desires are for peace and for harmony. Their basic fears are conflict, separation, and chaos. Their strengths are being skilled mediators, being warm, open-minded, caring, amiable, and peace-loving. And the personality challenges of the peacemaker or the mediator are that they avoid conflict, they're stubborn, indecisive, overly conciliatory, they hate change, and they tend to have low self-worth. As a peacemaker myself, every single one of these traits describes me to a T. When you put all of these traits together, you can see why a peacemaker archetype might have trouble using no as a complete sentence. A desire for peace and harmony coupled with a fear of conflict creates a perfect storm for becoming overwhelmed and overextended. I remember this one time when my kids were much younger. I volunteered once a week in each of their classrooms. I attended all of their classroom parties, plays, concerts, sporting events, and practices. Plus, I was running my own business at the time around their schedules. I will never wish I did it differently because I feel so blessed that I had that time, but it was a lot trying to get it all done. I'll never forget, it was the first day of CCD. Basically, if you don't know, CCD is the Catholic version of Sunday school but it was during the week in the evenings. The first evening of CCD each year, all of the parents are invited to come in and there is a small opening ceremony. And that's when the kids get assigned to their teachers for the year. This particular year, my daughter was starting second grade and would make her first reconciliation and her first communion. So this was an exciting year for the children and for the parents. Well. As it turned out, there was no second grade CCD teacher. So sweet Mrs. Henry, who ran the CCD program at the time, asked the parents if anyone would volunteer for the position. It was a volunteer position anyway, but they hadn't filled that particular class. I was so pleased with myself because I did not volunteer. And if you know me, or at least if you knew me then, I would generally be the first one to put my hand up and volunteer, but I didn't this time. And I was so proud of myself that I didn't volunteer, but then no one else volunteered either. And when it came time for her asking the group of parents again, if anyone would volunteer to teach second grade, I waited for a beat just to see if anyone else would volunteer, but no one did. So up went my hand. I volunteered to teach second grade CCD to prepare these sweet souls to make their first reconciliation and to receive their first Holy Communion. It was a big year. I just had no idea how I was going to do this since I'd never taught CCD before. There was no time to prepare. I literally just grabbed the attendance sheet, my books, and I went to the classroom with a whole line of students. 
I went home that evening and reported to my husband, who is always so supportive of anything and everything that I want to try. So his reaction this time was very unexpected. Immediately, he responded with, so when do we get to have you here? That response honestly stopped me in my tracks. In that moment, I took quick inventory of what my weeks already looked like with being a stay-at-home mom when the kids were home, working my own business around their schedules, volunteering in the schools, and now volunteering to teach CCD. I was so used to being the yes person, the helper, that it was practically expected that I would do it, no matter what the it was that needed doing. And even if no one else expected me to do it, I just expected me to do it. And what were we going to do? Because no one else volunteered. And that's how I felt. Like, well, what else should I have done? Because no one else volunteered. My husband's words still stick with me to this day. So when do we get to have you here? Since that day, I've tried to be very cognizant of how much time I'm spending outside the home during quote-unquote family time. And I really try to remember that while it's important to be a helper, it's also important to make sure that the kids and my husband feels like they have enough time with me as well. Now, whenever I'm asked to volunteer for something, I never answer with a quick yes. Now it's more of a, let me think about that and get back to you. Or it's just, no. For a people pleaser, it's a long road to learning to say no. It's been a journey for me from that evening at CCD until now, 11 years later. Now I have no problem saying, no, that doesn't work for me and or my family. I have no problem saying, let me think about that and get back to you. And then still responding with a no, if that ends up being my decision. Because what is the alternative? Being a people pleaser and always saying yes can absolutely create some unwanted effects on you as a person and in your life. First of all, there's the burnout. If you are constantly on the go, volunteering for this committee, helping your friend move, baking for the bake sale, and working backstage at every concert or play, there will come a time where you hit the wall. You will spread yourself so thin that you come to a place where you just mentally and physically cannot do another thing. And that is not a fun place to be. Enter depression, anxiety, poor coping mechanisms such as numbing with things like alcohol or food. Maybe resentment walks through your door and brings anger along with it. As much as you're doing all of these things for your family, your family ends up bearing the weight of the results of your burnout. The quick temper, the lack of desire to participate in any fun activities, the attitude of resentment, and these things aren't good for anyone. So how do we learn to stop being a pleaser and just say no? Well, I'll tell you, it's not easy, but it can be done, especially with some help. Enter my life coach. I've worked for years on myself, 
both for myself and for my family. There are things I wanted to stop doing, start doing, or just do better. I'm of the belief that when you know better, you do better. Am I always successful? No. Do I still try my best? Absolutely. Now that I'm the coach, my wish is to help other people do the work I've done and watch their self-improvement journey. No one needs coaching, but investing in coaching was one of the best self-care decisions I've ever made. When I look back at who I was versus who I am now, I've come a long way. And I believe that the self-improvement journey is a lifelong journey. And I'm proud, honestly, of how far I've come. As long as you are living, you are learning. So why not learn about ourselves and become the best version of ourselves that we can be? Let's say that the school bake sale was happening and you were asked to bake five dozen cookies, bag them two in a bag, and bring them to school in three days' time. As soon as you're asked, you say, sure, no problem. Then you think of all the problems with doing that. You work nine to five for the next three days. You get out of work to rush to pick up your kids from the aftercare program, to rush home to empty the dishwasher, to start dinner, to help the kids with their homework while you're cooking, to get your son's baseball uniform into the dryer because he has a game this evening, to throw the dinner dishes in the sink because there's no time to even load the dishwasher again, to get your son to his game and spend the next two hours watching him play. After the game, you rush home to get showers done and get the kids to bed at a reasonable hour, but you still have to write a report for work. Tomorrow evening will look similar because your daughter has ballet class and your other son has baseball practice. Oh, and the dog has a smelly ear, so you have to get him in to see the vet through all of this because you know from experience that he has an ear infection. And the grocery shopping needs done if you're going to bake cookies because you are out of the most key ingredients. And you don't get paid until Friday, but you just paid to have new tires put on the car, so you're really cutting it close by buying all the ingredients you need to bake five dozen cookies. And now you have a headache trying to work out everyone's schedules for the next two nights and your banking. And you just can't figure it all out. But you don't want to let your kids club down by not baking the cookies. Plus, you'll end up seeing the teacher who runs the club and she'll know you didn't volunteer to bake them. And Joey's mom always volunteers and always bakes for the bake sale. Plus, she volunteers for the Parent Teacher Association and runs the annual Halloween festival and then the Christmas bazaar. All you have to do is bake cookies, right? But now your head is hurting worse and your self-esteem just took a dive because you've been comparing yourself to Joey's mom for the last 10 minutes. And you don't think you even come close to being the super mom she happens to be. Stop. Even as I was just saying this piece of fiction, that could be an actual day in the life of any mom in the world, 
I can feel the center of my chest tightening up and my head starting to spin. I feel like I need a megaphone here to say, get off the hamster wheel, people. Stop saying yes to everyone and everything at the expense of yourself and your family. Now, picture, if you will, the same person ask you to bake five dozen cookies for the bake sale, and your response becomes, let me check my schedule for the next two nights, and I'll see if I'll be able to do that. Or what if your response becomes, no, I am unable to help at this time. What do you think would happen? Does the world begin to crumble and implode on itself because your five dozen cookies become non-existent? Will your child be banned because his or her, her mom was unable to bake cookies for this particular sale? Highly unlikely. More than likely, what will happen is that the person you declined will say something along the lines of, no problem, I'll just ask April's mom. I'll try again in the spring. Or, okay, thanks anyway. What happens is that we have this fear of letting people down. So we're willing to risk our own mental and emotional health just to make life easier or better for other people. It's not that it's a bad trait to have as long as it's kept in check. Left to its own devices, the pleaser in us will overload our schedules, stress us out, and even play games with our mental and emotional well-being. Part of good self-care is knowing your limits, your boundaries, and sticking to them. When I was a massage therapist, I would tell my clients who wanted deep tissue massage to not let their pain go past an eight on their own pain scale of one to 10. Everyone's threshold for pain is different, so your eight might be my four, but once they've let their pain surpass an eight on their own pain scale, it then becomes counterproductive because their muscles will start to tense up and fight back against the pain. But anything an eight or less is therapeutic. So keep that in mind the next time you're being asked to surpass an eight on your own pain scale with activities and favors and events. If the ask is going over the threshold of helpful and therapeutic and into stress, anxiety, and burnout, just know that it's okay to say uncle. It's okay to say, you know what? I have too much on my plate right now, and I'm just gonna have to say no this time. And then say no, and don't feel bad about it. With the massage, that is supposed to feel good and be therapeutic. It's okay to say when too much is too much. And it's the same with life. It's okay to say no and protect not only your physical body, but also your mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies as well. Not to mention your family body. These people are the people that, that you're supposed to love the most and want the best for. Are you able to give them the best if you're burnt out and feeling resentful? Did you have a long week and were supposed to go to a Halloween party, but now that the night is here, you just can't fathom dressing up and being social? Say no. 
Sorry, but it's been a tough week. Take that time to practice self-care, no matter what that looks like for you. Maybe it's sleeping or reading. Maybe it's walking the dog or even ordering takeout so you don't have to cook. You can almost feel the weight being lifted off your shoulders when you say no and realize that you don't have to go, that you can relax and take care of yourself for a change. No one died because you said no to the cookie baking. The world doesn't stop turning because you said no to the Halloween party. The answer is just no. There will still be baked goods from other people at the bake sale. There will still be other guests at the Halloween party, and although your company will be missed, your friends will continue to have a fun time together. It's okay. I was recently asked to be the secretary of our neighborhood association. My immediate response was, let me think about that and I'll get back to you. After a couple of days and really considering what was happening in my life currently, I let the person know that I thought about it and my answer has to be no. What was her response? No problem. Thanks for considering it. Have a great rest of your day. That's it. No argument, no hurt feelings, no guilt. And guess what? If she did get mad at me because I said no, that would say more about her than it says about me. We have to move away from acting simply to please other people when it comes at the expense of our own well-being. I know from experience that it isn't always easy, but taking the first step is the step in the right direction. I suggest taking no for a test drive. The next time someone asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, or you want to, but you just don't have the time, gently say no. That's it. Just no. Don't give excuses why you can't do it. Just say you can't. The end. No. Period. See what happens for you in that moment. How does it make you feel inside your body? Does it cause you stress? Are you suddenly very aware of your own heartbeat and you become anxious about what the person might think of you now? Or do you feel liberated? Do you feel like a weight has suddenly lifted because you're taking back your personal power to make decisions that work best for you and for your life? Explore those feelings, no matter what they are, and see where they take you. Ask yourself why saying no made you feel that way. Maybe a childhood memory will come up or you'll remember a fight with a friend. Maybe you'll realize that you've been comparing yourself to someone else and trying to keep up with them. Really take stock in what shows up for you and carefully consider if those feelings support who you wanna be in this life. As always, if you need help with this journey of no, please reach out. I'm happy to help you move forward along your path to personal awareness and personal power. Write about your experiences with no in your journal. Start a discussion about your experiences with no with your friends. 
chances are they too are trying to keep up with the Joneses and be all things to all people. Chances are they're exhausted and overwhelmed too. There is definitely a benefit to having someone not only understand where you're coming from, but who can also relate. Work together with your spouse, your partner, or a friend to support one another's journey of no and to find more places where you can use your new no freedom to enhance your life. I drew a card to support us on our journey to no and I call it a journey because it doesn't always come easy at first. Sometimes it is a long road. And here is the card that came up. Peace. And the card meaning says, breathe. And breathe again, deeply and often. Everything is flowing as it's meant to be, smoothly and effortlessly, all in perfect harmony. True peace isn't static and boring. It's full of grace, enthusiasm, and vitality. Tranquility is the awareness that all is unfolding according to divine planning. Serenity isn't something that you have to attain, work at, or search for. It's already dwelling within you. To experience this within yourself, simplify your life, spend time in nature, and take time to listen to the messages of your soul. Peace transcends fear and the illusion of separation and connects you ultimately to God. And the affirmation for the week is, I breathe deeply knowing that all is well in my universe. This is a perfect card because sometimes we do need to practice that pause to breathe and breathe deeply again to make our decisions, to learn how to say no, to really pause and consider what is best for ourselves and for our family unit. So give yourself some grace, give yourself some enthusiasm and find that tranquility of saying no and being relaxed into that decision because you don't have to be all things to all people all the time. And with that, I wanna share a little excerpt from The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Self-compassion. A moment of self-compassion can change your entire day. A string of moments can change the course of your life. And that is a quote by Christopher K. Germer. And Brene goes on to say, Dr. Kristen Neff is a researcher and a professor at the University of Texas at Austin. She runs the Self-Compassion Research Lab where she studies how we develop and practice self-compassion. According to Neff, self-compassion has three elements self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. Here are the abbreviated definitions for each of these. Self-kindness is being warm and understanding toward ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. 
common humanity recognizes that suffering and feelings of personal inadequacy are part of our shared human experience, something we all go through rather than something that happens, quote unquote, to me alone. And mindfulness, taking a balanced approach to negative emotions so that feelings are neither suppressed nor exaggerated. We cannot ignore our pain and feel compassion for it at the same time. Mindfulness requires that we not over-identify with thoughts and feelings so that we are caught up and swept away by negativity. So I just wanted to share that because I feel like learning to use no as a complete sentence, it's so important to remember these three points. To show self-kindness, to be understanding toward yourself when you're starting to feel inadequate and kind of give yourself a hug. To show common humanity and realize that this being overwhelmed, overburdened, exhausted is a shared experience. A lot of people feel this way. And like I said earlier, the more we can talk to our friends and our family and our loved ones about it, the more we feel connected through it. And then using mindfulness in your practice of saying no. Be balanced about your emotions and how you feel about saying no. You can't ignore the pain that you feel and also have compassion for yourself at the same time. So pay attention to how you're feeling. Show yourself some compassion and some common humanity and know that it's okay to say no. It's okay not to be all things to all people all the time. So just remember as you go through the upcoming week, no matter what happens, practice the power of no to help you stay wicked relaxed. And if you stumble a bit on your journey, know it's okay to say, darling, so it goes, and keep moving forward. Good night.